Hi there. Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Thursday afternoon, September 16th, 2021. He is Tristan Happy Cockroft. Kyle Sophie produces and researches, and I'm the great Frank Schwindel. I mean, I'm oh, sorry. I'm Eric Carabell. Fantasy Focus Baseball is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. Can we just talk about how great Frank Schwindel is? So I'm rooting for him to hit home runs against my favorite team on Wednesday night, and he does. And they blow two more saves. He's got like 50 family members in the stands in Philadelphia because he's from New Jersey, which is where Philadelphia was close to. And Schwindel, he's laughing and he's smiling and he's dancing around and he points in the dugout. He's having the best time of anybody right now for a terrible team, but he's on one of my fantasy teams. And I am rooting for Frank Schwindel. And and let's we're way past the Yellers debate, by the way. <laughs> oh, Frank Schwindel is unbelievable. That's even beyond clinched at this point. We're but well wait. past that. Say hello to 2021's, and you know I hate comps, but I'm making it. Say hello to 2021's version of 2018 Luke Voigt. Oh, wow. And by the way, he could well have turned the career into what Luke Voigt's has become. Well, I my follow-up to that is what has Luke Voigt's career become? What is well, Luke Voigt? Okay, but, but it's 2021, <laughs> and I'm talking about 2018. There have been chunks of All time right, where so Luke give me, Voigt was... Give me projections. Let's assume that both Luke Voigt and Frank Schwindel are starting first baseman next season. Maybe for the Yankees and Cubs, maybe elsewhere. Maybe the Yankees have to move Voigt. Who knows if they bring Rizzo back. So give them each like 500, at least 500 plate appearances. Give me their numbers. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of Voigt. I thought of other like Christian Walker types who just toiled in the minors forever. But Voigt did too. Yeah. Are either of these guys hitting 30 home runs and batting 280 next year? I don't think. Well, Voight, no way on the 280 batting average. Uh, the Voight problem I have now is just the injuries. I, I do question that. He's had a difficult time staying on the field. That's not just the season two. So let's say he's in the 250s. I'd probably give him 25-ish, maybe up to 30 home runs as a projection line coming off this year. Probably a little more optimistic about Schwindel. I think Schwindel could hit 270 uh, because of the contact nature of his game. But I don't know if he gets beyond 25 home runs. And and the realize other thing that too with Voight, that comp- it, you know, realize Voigt led the majors in the two month season last year with like twenty two. So projecting twenty five over six months, even with injuries, is rather low, isn't it? He right, could hit but, forty, but the injuries are that big of a problem. You're right; he could hit forty home runs if we have good luck in the health department. And by the way, we got to talk about the fact that two of the Yankees who had major injury questions coming into this year have had no issues at all in Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. And we've seen historically guys like Evan Longoria became a much healthier player. Ian Kinsler did it despite having an injury prone label. So anything can really happen. You're right. Lavoie could hit 40 home runs. I do think he's likely a two fifties batting average guy in the best case scenario though. You know what? You, you brought up a good point here and I think it's important. Let's talk about the Yankees then. What do the Yankees look like in 2022 for fantasy purposes? Mm-hmm. Where are you taking judge? Because he has proven to be, be a healthy player this year. Does that break the streak? Does that make us rethink him? Um, you, you know, Glaber Torres, the power just is gone, but he has stolen, I think, 15 bases. That's interesting. LeMayu has got to be better than this. I mean, I'm looking in points leagues now. Judge is the best player on the team. LeMayu is second because LeMayu does take walks, um, but no power. He'll score runs. Stanton has power. Joey Gallo, he'll be back. He has power, and but he's the strikeouts. My goodness. He's already 195 strikeouts. Your catcher. So yeah. Torres is playing second, I assume. Or shall I, give me give me a look at the Yankees next year. I'm curious what yeah. you think. Yeah, I'm curious to see whether this experiment now of shifting LeMahieu to third and Gio Urshela to shortstop is going to stick for next year. By the way, the Yankees could dive into the shortstop free agent pool. It's very deep, as we all know. I think that is probably what's going to happen. Javi Baez. They're, they're getting Javi Baez. That's a no, that's the fit. Uh, Good luck, That's a fit? I don't think that's a fit. I think that's, that's what my... the Yankees think is a fit. Ooh, I don't. But – they might. I'm not going to dispute the possibility, but I I, th- I think the Yankees are in on Corey Seager. That's just my opinion. They could use uh, a lefty hitter, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think that's the key here is that the Yankees want to balance out the lineup. That's a prime opportunity to do it. So, LeMayo slides to third. Seager takes short. Torres goes back to second where maybe he's under a little bit less pressure. If I want to praise anything that Torres did this year, he's 14 of 17 in stolen bases. That's encouraging because if you add 20, 25 homer pop to – 10 stolen bases even next season. That's a nice bounce back kind of year. Is Garrett Cole the only Yankee worthy of going in the first five rounds next season? Silence. I think that judge gets close, but 
Yeah, because kind of, we're not well, calling him durable. We we can't call Judge durable. You're, you're talking about and you're talking about traditional roto. Well, points leagues that he would be better. Right. I, I also think there are cases to be made for some of the others. LeMahieu's rebound prospects get a little better when you reward him for the discipline numbers. Joey Gallo becomes a little more attractive in the non-traditional roto. Probably not points because of the case. But you're, yeah, I, I see where you're at here. I, I, I think I'm Gallo is much better in points than Roto because batting average wouldn't right, matter. But, but, so, for example, the six by six that I pitch a lot, where on base and slugging come in, he is hugely more valuable yeah, in that format. <laughs> no, it's interesting. I mean, you wouldn't expect this Yankee team to have so many question marks, but there, here we are. And yeah. what a race! The three yeah. teams in the ALEs for two wild card spots. I love this. I think yeah. it's fun. Me too. Yes, it's dragging a little bit, but it looks like Oakland's out. Seattle, God bless. It's been a great season, Davey, but I don't think you're sticking around here. So it's the three teams in the American League. I don't know if Davey even still listens to the <laughs> but Let's get all our friends in. Steve, your Orioles. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like I'm I'm rooting for Toronto. Like I, my team's pretty much out. So Toronto will be fun. Toronto will Toronto be, be all, Toronto be dangerous too, man, because Robbie Ray in a one-game playoff against Garrett Cole, I mean, everybody would take Cole, but Robbie Ray. Would you take Robbie Ray over Garrett Cole? Like, who is having the the better fantasy season? Cole is a is they're basically tied right now in fantasy. And I, why would that be? Because Cole has more wins. Because the season that Robbie Ray has had, man, is unbelievable. Do you realize last year he walked forty five hitters in fifty one and two thirds. He still hasn't walked forty five hitters this entire season in twenty nine starts. It's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Not only that, if you look at his entire professional career dating back to 2010 as a member of the Washington Nationals, you're looking at the 2.23 Ks per nine he has. We're talking about that as seriously more than a full walk per nine innings lower than he's had in any of the of the other professional seasons. He's got a 6.3% walk rate. That's nearly 2% beneath almost any other stop he's had for any period of time in the whole pro career. And we mentioned on the show before, not nobody saw this coming. Nobody yeah. saw this kind of breakthrough. But he did make that commitment to much better fitness, and he put a little bit more polish on the slider, got some more break to it. I think some of the RPM went up on there. I've got, I'd have to dig into where those are at this stage of the season. But he made some definite tweaks. And sometimes when a player does this during spring training, that leads to a breakthrough to this level. None of us saw it to this extent. There's no reason you should invest to the point that you expect this. But kudos to him. And I hope he comes into next season with that same kind of approach, same kind of sharpness, control, I, I love it. This is just a great fantasy baseball story. So you Darvish kind of did this a year or two ago yep. where he just yep. stopped walking people. Yep. Um, Robbie Ray, unbelievable season. He may win the Cy Young award, depending on how he finishes. He may win me an important league, depending on how he finishes and you as well. So I was looking at the walks leaders and obviously it's not rate stats. It's just total walks. But is there somebody on this list? Now, Blake Snell has already had his Cy Young season. He might be out for the rest of this season. Ton of walks this year. I'm looking at the walks leaders and trying to figure out who could be next here to just stop walking people and become a monster pitcher. And Lance McCullers is actually one walk off the major league lead. He has a 312 ERA whip 1.24, which is still good. He's hard to hit. No home runs, no hits allowed. His biggest problem is walks. He strikes people out. Lance McCullers could make that could make strides if he could just chop down the walks to be a top 10 fantasy pitcher. Yeah, and in McCullers case, uh, he's got that amazing curveball. There are few players in baseball who have a breaking pitch that has the kind of swing and miss nature that Lance McCullers does. And that's the ticket to being a Cy Young caliber player. So when you talk upside, Lance McCullers belongs in that conversation. He's actually had a very good year. And you're right that if he does improve that control next season, he could take another major step. He's done it a couple times before in his major league career in limited time. But next year, maybe he is. I like that as a candidate. Uh, I think that's Zach Davies on the phone saying, what about me? And I'm going to say, no, Zach, you're not going to be a Cy Young contender next year. Zach Davies leads the major leagues and walks with 70 right now. And that's not very promising. 1.54. Zach, Zach's not giving up either. He's still calling. Go to yeah. voicemail already. Uh, Davies. <laughs> he's, just, he's heard too much of us. <laughs> he's heard. He's like, really? I agree. The season should be over. Blake Snell's up there. Luis Castillo. That's a little bit troubling. That's a very high walk rate for him. That's what's killing his whip. But overall, I mean, he's rebounded after a terrible April. Luis Castillo, still a top 20 pitcher for you in uh, 2022 drafts? It's close, right? 
It's close. I'd like to get him in there because you know how much respect I have for the changeup. He has got one of the game's best of anybody I can think here. Um, I would take. I would take the. Well, I I think that's Tyler Maley calling your cell phone now, saying, "What about me? Can yeah. I break out next year?" Yeah, and I think um, Tyler, you can break out next year. Put that. What's What's really fun? Yeah, what's really fun is when somebody calls your house phone and then calls your cell phone right afterwards. It's just relentless. <laughs> I mean, really, Tyler? Can't you wait? We'll be yeah. done in half an hour. <laughs> I like I like Castillo. I'm I'm with you that I think you take the more recent returns over the full year <laughs> numbers. <laughs> don't you know what? Don't even feel bad, man. Like it's a pandemic. I know some people don't believe it. And uh, our phones are going to ring while we're doing shows from home. And none of us are in the office. Kyle's in his waterlogged basement. And like, we're just trying to do the best so, we can. So if the phone rings off the hook, so be it. My doorbell is going to ring any second. And know? I got to I get it. The worst on this one is normally I can hit the little volume all thing on the stand I have on my desk. But in this case, my son has my phone, has the handset phone. So I can't do anything. It's not shutting it off. Oh, gosh. Here comes another Amazon delivery. Ring. <laughs> Um, is that both here to come? Uh, uh, Tyler Maley would be on my list of potential breakouts next year as well. Um, I'm Freddie Peralta has already broken out, but he's actually 21st in the majors and walks. Um, Peralta, Peralta, if he gets the volume boost next year, could be in there. So that might not even be some sort of tweak. That might just be more trust in giving him uh, more starts. Peralta or Luis Castillo in next year's drafts. I'll say Peralta just because of the filthy all around stuff. It's 133 innings. I think next year he could get up to 175. They could push him a little bit more. I think so, too. The question would be whether he can handle it. All right, enough of all the jocularity. Now it's time for, well, you know what? I guess we could do the Mike Trout thing. <laughs> Mike Trout's done for the season. So is Joe Adele. Blake Snell, maybe. That, those are the newsmakers. I wrote a piece about Trout. We've talked about Trout ad nauseum on this show. And I said late second round, early third. I said he's not the bust of the year. I'm not going to tell you who it is. You need to read the story to figure that out. But just give me briefly... Um, because, you know, we got to tie in the news. Mike Trout, for you, is he better than a mid-second round pick for you in Roto and or points league drafts next year? So this is another case of I'd rather have him in the non-traditional Roto. In our game, compared to something deeper, also, I would rather have him than those. So, for example, labor, towel wars, much less likely. Ale only, much less likely. Uh, if it's sabermetrically inclined, I've told you that his on-base percentage in the leagues that use on-base over batting average alone, that's the only change, he gets a huge bump. He was head and shoulders above the rest about two or three years ago at the peak of his career. Problem is he's past the age of 30 at this stage. So I'm with you. I think you're making the right estimation late second, early third. We'll see how this plays out during the offseason. But right now, that's where he belongs. Nobody's saying he's not great. He's Juan Soto without the playing time. Mm, I Juan Soto's better at this point. Regardless, well, I, I, I think I he's think. better, and so it probably runs more. But I see where you go. Um, you know, when I look at Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh of the Angels, I, I, I think I like Marsh better. I think Marsh is it's a potential for like an 18 homer, 18 steel guy who bats 270 and plays center field. I think Trout's moving to right or left. But Odette, uh, Joe Adele, I, I see like a 230 hitter with that strikeout right now. He, he, he did great work on the strikeout rate in his short stint in the majors this season, it's only like 22%. But he's still not making con- – like, he's not, like, making hard contact. He's not making enough of it. Yep. I it's think not Joe Adele – it's not quality contact. He could be a 30-home run guy who bats, like, 250. You see that? Mm-hmm. He could be, yeah. I, I'm i going to need to see what kind of adjustments he makes going into next spring training before I get excited about it. I mean, we talked about him two, maybe three weeks ago about what to expect year over year. I'm not sure I'm there yet for 2022. I'm not. I'm also, I'm also not sure I'm there on Marsh either. I, I see where you're going with Marsh, that I think there's more – week over week stability to him. The big issue I have is that that hasn't been the case for him either this year. He's whiffing almost 40% of the time. And I have him in an AL only league. I can't trust him or start him because he's been very unpredictable, streaky and not going with the matchups. Anthony you Rendon, I don't know if you watched him closely. I've watched him closely a couple of times and I'm not sure. What, I, I think the reason I'm high on him is because I think he could steal bases. Um, so for yeah. Roto and I generally spend 80% of my time on Roto. I know AJ's all points, but like in a Roto league, I see the possibilities of a five category player. Last question on the angels, Anthony Rendon early third round pick next year. He's going to slip next year outside the top 50. Should he outside the top 50? That's mm, a little more correction that I'd like, but 31. Let's see. He'll be, he'll turn 32 in June. I can make the case he probably belongs outside of it. I, I I guess my gut says I'd prefer to keep him within my top 50, but he he probably falls outside of that by a little bit. 
I, I think I'd like to keep him in my top 50, but until I actually do the rankings, I don't know. I just, it's one bad year. It's one year. Like, you know, you know the other thing is third, the depth of third base. Remember coming into this year, he was part of that quartet that belonged yeah. just outside the top 20. Do we have a development like that at that position? We'd have to go through individual players to have an idea, well, I think. I mean, Ramirez, Jose Ramirez, first round pick. Rafael Devers, borderline first. Machado, early second. Man, Austin Riley. What do you do? Austin Riley versus Rendon. I mean, we got to believe in Riley now. Chris Bryant. Yeah. Riley, Bryant, Rendon. That's a tough call. Arenado hitting 260. That's a tough call. Yeah, it is. I think, I, 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 I think I'm going Rendon over Arenado next year. I might be willing to give Arenado the second year out of cores is a slight rebirth. This is a little bit like the Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt, if I recall, was the second year out was a little bit better than the first. And I know that wasn't cores, but you have to understand the chase field. That's the second highest elevation. So it's a little bit similar, not to the extent of cores. I don't know that. that, that yeah. That, that's it's kind a of a tier in itself. Yeah. That, that's a tier right there. And Riley, you know, but might belong at the top of that tier. If you believe that what he did this year is legitimate, it certainly looks like it's all legitimate. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a 30 home run guy who hits 280. That's what we wanted Arenado to be. Yep. And he isn't. So that's yep. interesting. Big improvements right. this year. Big improvements. Let's move on now. Now time for the combo meals and Tristan's going to sing. Hey, it's a combo meal. Combo. Combo. It's a combo meal. Home run plus steal. And we're all dancing. I love it. And I got you dancing too. <laughs> these, these players were making moves earlier this week and making moves is brought to you by LinkedIn jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. We've got three combo meals since our last, our most recent show, Paul Goldschmidt with his fourth of the season, only the great Otani and Tatis, the two MVPs this season. And yes, I think they're both going to win MVP. And by the way, I love what Vlad's doing. What Otani's doing is, is historic. Never done before. What Vlad's done has been done before. I think Otani deserves the MVP, even though his team is going to miss the playoffs, probably lose more games than it wins, and Vlad might win the World Series. Tatis over Bryce Harper. Um, By the way, you know the case to be made for Otani here? It's the Bryce Harper Harper rookie of the year case. That when things are close, you go with the historic story and what's going to be better in the history books for baseball. And remember, that was the Bryce Harper approach from his rookie of the year campaign is that in a close race, he was the guy who was considered to be the superstar, the mega superstar in the making. But Vlad is closing on fire. Okay. Toronto wins every night. He might win the triple crown. When Miguel Cabrera won the triple crown, he stole the MVP from Trout, who deserved it more. Right. That could happen again. That could. And then, and I think that would be what changes things for voters. But otherwise, I think voters are going to look at it like Vlad's going to do this again at some point and we'll have the opportunity to do it. And I think that did come up with Trout. I'm not saying this is the right way to look at it. I'm saying that this is the way I think it will be looked at. So you have a vote. Who is it? Otani, right? Otani. This is, he breaks, I mean, he breaks the calculations. That's how historic this year is. He breaks Never been done the calculations. Before. And it's not like he's got 28 home runs. He's one behind Vlad. I mean, he's having an unbelievable offensive season, too. Although yeah. batting average, not so He has cooled. He's cooled pretty badly cooled over the past. But he's years. stealing a ton of bases. Anyways, you can't give it to Cedric Mullins. So Goldschmidt, I don't know how we got off on that what, tangent. You know what, though? This entire show is tangential. So that's all we I, do. I do gotta have to point out that there's a real possibility that Otani, because of costing the head-to-head managers playoff matchups, that maybe he doesn't wind up that fantasy MVP. This could be an opportunity for some of the other names we mentioned this year. Cedric Mullins uh, being one. The I I don't know. Like, look, it's just my opinion. When I'm mm-hmm. writing up the fantasy MVP of the season, I think the short list is Otani. Wait, was it Otani? I think Otani. Cedric Mullins and Robbie Ray is who else really deserves potential for the number one. Marcus Semyon's probably a candidate for that. Yeah, but he still went. It's for the top hundred. The other guys didn't. Zach Wheeler is a candidate. Same deal. He was borderline top hundred. I mean, what Cedric Cedric Mullins was undrafted. He's already 30-30 or he's close. Robbie Ray, my goodness. He was having a Garrett Cole season and you took him in the last round. Otani still went like in round 10-11. And it's a good call. Let's see how they finish. The other two um, uh, combo meals, Trey Turner, who's unbelievable. You know what? You want to make Trey Turner your number one pick next year? I have no problem with that. Turner or Soto. I think they're the only two I would consider right now because of the steals. And and Soto obviously will run enough. Vlad is right there. 
I'm really, yeah, I'm, I'm tempted. I, I think people should just go with their gut with those three, but I could see people confidently taking Vlad number one. You know, Miguel Cabrera was he he was the number one pick for a, a couple of years or close mm-hmm. close to it. That's that, that that was a four category monster power batting average. That's what Vlad is right now. Yeah, Miguel Cabrera went number one overall a couple of times. Without Trey stealing Turner. bases. Trey Turner just does so much of everything in the Roto Nature leagues. I mean, you want a guy with this kind of contact rate. He's not even a you know like a big ground ball type. He gets a decent number of line drives. The hard contact rates aren't up there with the major league leaders, but this this is the profile for an easy twenty home runs every year. Hits three hundred, steals you. I mean, this guy could steal you fifty bases if he wanted to. I mean, Tatis obviously I left out, but Tatis oh, Turner yeah, sort yeah, of. of course, yeah. But Tatis is ahead. Of Turner on the player radar right now. Vlad's ahead of them, and Starling Marte's number one, but Marte's not a first-round pick. Um, not enough power, and the steals on our player radar get a little out of whack here. Um, Cedric Mullins, Bo Bichette's right there as well. And then the other guy, JT Real Muto, is second of the season. Real Muto has another injury in September. It's the third consecutive season. It's a shoulder this time. Man, that contract's going to look really ugly in about two years. Sal Perez is the number one catcher by a ton. Will Smith, number two. Then Real Muto, Posey. Christian Vasquez, Omar Narvaez. So basically there's like three top catchers, Perez, Smith, and Real Muto. Where do you slot them next year, Roto and points? Any in your top 100? Perez will definitely be in my top 100. I could almost make it the case he belongs in the top 50. I hesitate to do it. I think we're going to have the same catcher conversation next year. But he gives you volume, and if the Royals use him the way we talked about this on the other show, that they did this season, which they should, I think, to a degree, he's absolutely the number one catcher just based on volume. There's a big advantage to that. Real Muto, we we talked about him as well. Uh, So I'm curious your perspective on this one. Everyone's talking about Sal Perez had that year off recovering from the surgery, refreshed him a little bit. Everybody's talking about Buster Posey opted out of the air, refreshed him a little bit. Now he's performing like this. Real Muto doesn't have that. So I don't see him having a rebirth kind of year like that. And that's why when you say, oh, that contract's not going to look that good. I'm not going to call you out. And, I'm not going to call you to question on that because he does look like a guy who the volume is hurting him. We mentioned this the other show. You're right. It does. I'm worried. Philadelphia desperately needs the designated hitter next year because yep. half their offense are designated hitters, Harper, Hoskins. But How you could see you could see a pathway, though, to real Muto having the playing time of Sal Perez next year, if he plays like 40 games at either first base or DH. He's not going to hit 45 home runs. I hate to put the pessimist spin on this. What if in the worst case scenario, we look at a hundred game season next year? You know, we got the whole labor contract coming up. Let's just say, and there is a DH in the national league and you take Real Muto and you give him 50 of those hundred games at DH. Could that be the year that refreshes him, gets him a lengthier career? 2023 comes out with a big year that's a little bit like the Perez and, and Posey ones. It's possible, but I'm worried. I, 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 And we said it the other day. I just, I think you're right. I don't think there's any way we could put him at number one a catcher. I wouldn't have signed him for five years or whatever they did. But I get why they did it. I get it. I know why they did it because of the fans and, and they needed a catcher. They didn't have one. He's but a very good catcher. He's a very good catcher, but he's already 30. So... Anyhow, let's move on now. Time for, what do we call this? The closer carousel, sir. It's the closer carousel. It sure is. Um, Let's see. Any news here since our last show? Baltimore still doesn't have a closer. Man, what a bet. I mean, they don't care, obviously. They have have a guy they think is their closer, and he's not so good. Tyler Wells. (laughs) Tyler Wells. He's the only pitcher on their staff with like an ERA under like seven. Why isn't Cole Sulcer just their closer? No. Well, he's not good either. He's better than Tyler Wells has been. Ian Kennedy's got about two weeks left of closing. Have you seen his home run rate as a Philly? (laughs) There goes another one. Yeah. Seven and 15 innings. Nice Nice job, Phillies. I'm not enjoying. I don't know where you're at in your leagues with some of these guys, but the chasing saves thing is not playing uh, playing too well. We had a couple of rocky outings by Gio Gallegos. We've had a couple of rocky outings by Cal Finnegan. It's been a rough month for some of the closers you've picked up off the waiver wire. Well, I picked up in my two most important leagues, Alex Colomay, and that's going well still. He had a he, had he gave up the judge home run, and then he struck out the side in the ninth. Wow, well, it was weird, weird out. Yeah. I mean, Judge hit a home run off him. It wasn't, yeah. you know, like Kyle yeah, Higashioka. It was, it was Aaron Judge. I, 
I, I criticize a closer when he gives up a home run. That's just, that's always been my take. You give up a home no, run, you blew it. <laughs> nobody's saying I was calling me as good, but they're not going to anybody else either. Yeah. Yeah. What about Edwin Diaz? Man, what a mess. <sighs> Edwin Diaz. We're there like, again. Where do you rank him for next? Obviously, if you have him, you have him. But like next if, season, like I want to keep him out of my top five, but I'm trying to think who was the top five for closers next year after, after Hader Hendricks. What's after that? <laughs> I guess Iglesias, right? I guess Iglesias, Iglesias, Iglesias right now is the go. number two closer for the season. He's right behind Hendricks and right ahead of Hater because I hate to say that Kenley's still going to be there because <laughs> he well, can't be there. Jake McGee, I guess. Jake McGee can make. Yeah, uh, I mean, Kimbrel goes to another team. Wouldn't you put him there? It, yeah, depending on where Kimbrel lands, he'll be there based on the strikeouts. Sure, sure. Edwin Diaz is number twelve among relief pitchers on the player radar. He's behind Clause and Presley and Kimbrel and Alex Reyes. My goodness, D- Diaz is the guy you want to say he's relief pitcher eight today, but that could slide up to four, or it could slide back to twelve based on how these free agency and team situations play out. Just don't want to deal with it. Um, anybody you can pick up right now for saves that we didn't discuss on our last show. We talked about Gallego, Steckenrider, who was bad the other day. Stratton is now clearly Pittsburgh's closer because Bednar did go on the injured list. Yep. I don't see Philadelphia taking Ian Kennedy out of the role despite a home run every outing. Who they go to? Alvarado? He was terrible too. Naris? I doubt it. Chafin, clearly Oakland, although he was bad the other day. Flora, clearly Miami. That's good. They're Arlo. Oakland, I'm not so sure that's clear. I think they are trying to lean committee, but I'm with you that Chafin's the guy to get. Uh, Rowan Wick of the Cubs, clearly their guy. Givens, I think, is clearly Cincinnati's guy now. Yep. Um, and Atlanta's like Philly. They're just not going to take their closer out because he's got experience, even though they may, they may want to think about it. See, Atlanta's in a good spot. They're not blowing the division lead because the Phillies won't win enough, and the Mets certainly won't. But they can leave Will Smith in the role. But who do they go to? Luke Jackson just went on paternity. Chris Martin, no. Richard Rodriguez has been terrible for them. The so. only one to get that I think is out there who I, I like is Andrew Kittredge, who we mentioned on the previous show. Kittredge. Yeah, Nick Anderson's going to get a save or two. So will David Robertson. Ex- except that, in fairness, Kittredge has five, I believe, of the past seven raised saves, and they are leaning him towards that. Remember, this is a guy who was an opener. Six months to a year ago. <laughs> it's an all-star. Um, the schedule has already started for Thursday. Later at night, is anything to talk about there? No. Let's move on. Unless there's something you want to talk about. Um, Friday's slate. What do we got here? Oh, big series in San Francisco between the Braves and the Giants. That's important. Um, now we're looking at important San Diego, St. Louis. I mean, pull it all up, out all the stops right now. I mean, San Diego, right? I mean, this is it. I hate Cardinals to say are the number one wild card. I hate win. to say that they're they're. I think they're toast. I think they're toast too. And there's no better. I mean, Jake Arrieta is starting for them, and Vince Velasquez is going to start Friday night for San Diego. Yeah. I've seen enough of Velasquez over the last five years. There's no way he's going to pitch maybe one night, but like, come on, they don't they're have so a desperate. But you know, this goes back to our spring discussion about is there so, such a thing as too much starting pitching? And remember, they had seven guys they were looking at, and here they are desperate just to get guys to fill the starting pitching innings how quickly dodgers, things have changed dodgers at the red luis castillo walker bueller that should be a lot of fun but castillo always seems to give up like a run or two in the fifth or sixth inning because they leave him in too long um your boy nick pavetta against baltimore i know you love him no <laughs> not lately and as a guy actually no he's not pitching that game that's chris sales game they're they're right, saying so chris sales tentative tentatively pitching friday if pavetta has to face baltimore this week and has to Pavetta yeah. against Baltimore this weekend or Corey Kluber against Cleveland? Who you got? Corey Kluber. That's a superior matchup. It's by a couple of decent steps. But Corey Kluber's shoulder is like mush. I don't feel great about either pitcher, but I am going strongly matchup if I have to there. All right. Aren't you? I think that's, uh, yeah, but I don't know if either of them are going spot. I'm, I'm, out on, I'm out on Pavetta. Yeah, like where we are with the schedule with Boston, I'm out on Pavetta. My big concern there is that that's another staff that could start to really wear down. Think about the 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 complexion of that that rotation. They've also had a couple had a couple of those uh, COVID outbreaks where they've missed guys. I worry about the absences interrupting their routines. Sales coming back, he's great, but Pavetta's cooling off. Eduardo Rodriguez is disappointed. Evaldi has been playing way over his head for the most of the year. You pointed out Tanner Houck and his inability to pitch. They don't let him go five innings, and that bullpen. We didn't even talk about this in the close with Carousel. Is that I, I can't even give you a name I trust. I think I, I do trust Garrett Whitlock now. Mm, he's when he gets a save opportunity, he disappoints. Uh, you going back to Dylan Cease on Friday at Texas? 
That's a guy, yes. that's the McCullers like. If he could just chop the walks a little bit, that's yes. a potential ace. That's good call. And yes, based on matchup there, I'm going to go with the confidence rebound. Uh, Saturday, oh, James Caprellian season has fallen apart. You don't want him at yeah. the Angels anymore. Yep. Um, Adam Wainwright against you, Darvish. I'll take Wainwright there. How can't you? Corbin Burns against where are we? No. Where, that's a home. That's How can you not take Adam Wainwright no matter yeah. where he's pitching right now? How can't you? I, I don't, not a, I, not I, a course, not a course, not a course, of course, but like Adam Wainwright for the season is the number 10 pitcher on the yeah. player Raider. Number 10. Yeah. Got to go with the guys who are getting it. That's the thing of the, go with the guys who've got you here. That's the, well, I don't necessarily believe example. in that. I just think that he's pitching. He's every outing is a good one. And deep. Right. But I'm saying, by the way, you subscribe to that. That's I subscribe to it to a point. If a guy's hurting me, I don't do it. But yes, I mean, um, Jacob DeGrom is still the number 11 starting pitcher on the player. That's how amazing his like 15 starts were this year. Yep. How about that? Yeah. And you know, you could, you could, you could say that he's been a, you can't say he's a bust of the year, but he and Bieber only pitched 14, 15 times. There's no way he's the bust of the year. No, of course not. But he's only pitched for half the year is what I'm saying. So like if you you could say Trout is not one of the busts of the year because his six weeks were amazing. Can't you make the same argument on DeGrom and Bieber? Or they just they pitched more comparatively. I but I have a major problem with that with the injuries, and I and I know you subscribe to this too, that you don't want to penalize a guy for the unexpected injury, especially one that's lengthier. The lessons for Trout, you raised them. You're right. They got worse, and we should have known a little better. DeGrom, can you really say that? I yeah, can't. I, I know the there were whispers because of the high velocity, but I don't think that was the case with him. And Shane Bieber, that that came out of nowhere. Of course it did. But the bottom line for a fantasy manager is, if the guy didn't pitch for me, I don't care if it was because of injury or suspension or whatever it was. He didn't pitch for me. The bottom line is you don't get an asterisk for finishing in second place. So, I mean, I've got a league where I'm not going to win, okay? And Steve's going to finish second. It's going to be, who's going to win the league? Um, it's going to be our friend Scott. Um, who's a football guy. And he's going to win the baseball league. And he listens to the show, Scotty Spratt. And he's going to win the league because and part of the reason, Spratt, part of the reason I'm not going to win the league is because I have Trout and I have Bieber. Now, I may not have won anyway, but I got 36 games out of Trout and 14 starts out of Bieber. And then it became, you know, official. I couldn't compete. I, I get it. And this is a debate that I don't think has a right answer to it. I mean, you you brought football into it. I'll bring football into it. This is my this is the consistency ratings question for me every single year. People say, why are you docking players for injury absences? Well, I am docking them for injury absences because you didn't have them. That yes. is what consistency is about. So you're from that argument, dead on, dead on. That's that's my point. Is I don't I I don't feel bad for it. I mean, they right. didn't play for me. I'm just I think that if you if you bake an injury discount into the player on draft day, I'm a little more forgiving with that judgment at the end of the year. That's, That's a fair assessment. Yes. Bieber and DeGrom, we did not expect to get hurt. Next year, do we think either are making 30 starts? We never talk about Bieber. I'm, I, I still I am very worried about what Jacob DeGrom's future holds. Uh, I'm very worried about this Sunday night matchup. Kyle Gibson. Of the, you know what? I'm not worried because I don't even care anymore. Is it also red team? They're trying to win more than they lose. They're not a playoff team. Phillies Mets. Enjoy it. It's on ESPN. Kyle Gibson, who's a lot of fun, retired the first 12 Cubs the other day and then couldn't retire any of the next 12 against Rich Hill, who's really old. Gibson and Hill um, on Sunday Night Baseball. That's a critical series. That is an absolutely critical series for those teams. One of them needs to sweep the other. And neither will because they're both incompetent teams. So the point here is that neither of them are going to gain – Enough ground. You know, the feelings we need to go like 12 and four to catch Atlanta. If Atlanta goes 500, I mean, come on, it's but not happening. And the I'm wild saying, card. I mean, the Cardinals are going Adam Wainwright is beating Walker Bueller to not only Friday night, but in the one game playoff. Oh, you know, I kind of like that. Yeah. You know, I that's do, happening. I do sure. kind of like that. Yeah. He won't beat Scherzer, but he's beating Bueller. I, I, I do kind of like that, that projection. Yeah. But I, I'm saying that if, if either of these teams wants to get in, they need to take command immediately. Cause you know, I mean, Mets go to Boston after that. And then there are three in Milwaukee. So the, the, the schedule's not getting better. Your, your Phillies, however. They're done. They stink. They have one hitter. If the, and one pitcher. <laughs> if the Phillies sweep the Mets, they're in prime position to take either I mean, the division. Atlanta. Or the they're playing nothing but home Baltimore, Pittsburgh the following week. Yeah, but That's they just lost three out of four to Colorado. 
Okay. I am I am not saying that I see them doing it. I'm saying that if they did, let's, let's that's move the on opportunity. I I can't remember a team I disliked as much as this current Phillies team. But, oh great, they got to eighty five percent. Good for you. You got there on September fifteenth. You got to eighty five percent of vaccination. Congratulations. No but, more road trips, but yeah, now you're vaccinated. I, I get moving but, on, but but stripping your feeling about them from a fan's perspective, from a fantasy perspective, if they do this, that's really going to matter to us. Those are I don't great see them, I don't see them catching the Cardinals or the Reds or the Padres for that matter. I don't it's really not Atlanta, but, but they are great. Let's try to help somebody in fantasy. Are there any pitchers this weekend that you actually like and that you think you would pick up and use? I perhaps Lauer. John Gray is available Lauer. in your league. He's at Washington. Oh yeah, Lauer. I love Eric Lauer, Lauer against Ch- Chicago at home. Lauer's so got to well. be in your lineup. Yes, Jay Happ. He's been okay. He's against, San- against San Diego at home with no Cronenworth. You know? How about the How about the Jay Happ turnaround? And I had him in labor. He's been he's been, been very pretty good. good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I um, guess that's about it. Yeah, I'm trying to scroll through to see what else. Uh, I don't see any on. anything else that matters for starting pitchers. I mean, at this point, like, I don't want to say bring, you know, go with who you brought. But, I mean, because, like, I added Eric Lauer in a key league where I need to win head-to-head. Oh, so oh, oh. Confident. Elijah Hernandez was my big pick from the Friday game. Pittsburgh, home. Pittsburgh, you got to be picking on Pittsburgh. Always pick on Pittsburgh. That's why I brought up the Phillies <laughs> thing. <laughs> I, terrible. I just, my 82 Pirates just won a game in a sim league. Um, Eliezer Hernandez, is he going deep enough in games for you to enjoy him? No, but it doesn't matter when it's that matter. So it's the, the, the NL 10 or Hauk. Yeah. Give me the five and a third. They're going to be quality home game. Pittsburgh. Come on. <laughs> uh, no, one, bomb now. no one brings more quality than Kyle Sapi. Come on in, come on down and ask your trivia. <laughs> your turn on the price. Is You're right. the contestant on trivia, trivia from Kyle now. There we go. There's six players in all of baseball with at least 100 runs scored this season. Three of them play for the Blue Jays. Three do not. I want the three that do not from you guys after hash browns. But we're going to start with MTV, who wants to know what Tyler O'Neill's dynasty outlook is. Good. He's a good player. Good. Sold. <laughs> I love Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill is my new Avisel Garcia. Very underrated uh, baseball and fantasy player. Okay, I could go with that. I mean, I think last I looked, Tyler O'Neill was higher on the player rate than Nolan Arenado, and he, he he deserved it. Like the power's there. He's hitting two eighty. He's got twelve stolen bases. A nice player. I mean, is this his ceiling? He's twenty six years old. So you tell me, is Tyler O'Neill a potential top ten outfielder? Could he could he go? I mean, he could hit thirty home runs this year and steal like fourteen fifteen bases. Now that's a lot of strikeouts. That's, yes, that's that plays discipline's a problem. Yes. So I ask you, is this the best, as good as it gets with Tyler O'Neill? It might well be. There could be a small, you know, an incremental improvement that he does uh, coming into next year. A little bit more consistency, a little bit more in the health department. Great defense, amazing raw power. And the other thing is, he is one of the most underrated, this is the obvious El Garcia part, most underrated speedsters in baseball. He's 98th percentile in StatCast sprint speed. This guy's quick. All he needs to do is get right reads of pitchers and the stolen bases can keep coming. I think he could be a 20 steal guy if he really wanted to. So that's a potential top 20 out, a top 10 outfielder in drafts next year. Yeah, and where he goes, that's going to drive how Let's much. See where he is this year on the player radar, and again, I should be looking at points leagues as well, but I'm just not. Um, Tyler O'Neill is points leagues, not nearly as good. No, because the strikeouts, no walk. He's number 16 among outfielders on the player radar for the season, so he's probably not. A, but a couple of the guys ahead of him, you know, you're not t- drafting Tommy Edmond ahead of him. Um, no. Aaron Judge or Tyler O'Neill? That's an interesting one. People might think right. that's silly, but no, that's a very not interesting silly. One. That's a very, very interesting. One. I probably lean. I'll go. I'm going to lean into the ballpark with Judge. I'm going to say O'Neill's not a top ten outfielder in drafts, but he's not far. He's probably top fifteen. Next, Michael wants some advice on the strategy question. How do you manage innings throughout the year? He's running up against the cap again, leaving points on the table and just not being able to start guys down the stretch. Yeah, I hit the cap too early in this league and in this auto new league. I do it every year. I don't know why I keep doing it. Um, Tristan, how do you manage innings? Do you do you, do you look at your pace as early as May and June to avoid it? Are you a matchups guy that, that early in the season, or do you just keep your you know Kyle Gibson types around all year and use them, and then you get to August and you're like, oh, I got a problem. 
Yeah, it, it kind of comes down to how many starters you come out of the draft with, and that changes by year. But I, I closely watch the pace. I do it from day one, frankly. Uh, early in the year, my way is, regardless how many pitchers I have, I'm avoiding only the worst matchups. I'm avoiding those course Fields ones, obviously, but also the ones against the Dodgers where they're in suboptimal ballparks. It used to be I would avoid the Miller Park games. When Texas was in their previous ballpark, I'd avoid them. Uh, so We'll discuss that on the podcast next year, which of those ones to avoid. It's a small handful of them. And and by the way, this year with the change in workloads, what I found very interesting is that some of the people who fell into your spot where they went ahead of pace too quickly, it hasn't been all that tough lately because you can pick up some of those multi-inning relievers and fill your innings without costing any of your your starts. Adenu, though, that's an innings cap. Right, that's a that's a fifteen hundred innings cap. By the way, Adam is great. Our friend Nibs has a really good site there. You can find it off of FanGraphs. Yep. I play baseball, I play football, and I actually want to play basketball. If any, there's an expert league going on, I'd like to play it. Um, cool. Okay, next question. Taylor wants to know if Ryan Mountcastle is a top ten first baseman next season. I never thought about that before. Let's see where he is this year. It's Ryan Mountcastle. Uh, he's number eleven among first basemen. How about them apples? And he's right behind Cronenworth, who's really not a first baseman. Ryan Mountcastle is ahead of Joey Votto on the player radar and CJ Crone. How about them apples? Did you see that coming? I think you can make the case of Mountcastle. Like, again, there's a lot of power here. And we knew that Ryan Mountcastle was going to hit for power. Yeah. It's the plate discipline. Yep. We had concerns coming into the season. And I wonder if we still have those same concerns now. Now, he's only 24, so he can change. He can get better. People can change. Um, but that's a lot of strikeouts. It basically it's the same, same walk strikeout rate as Tyler O'Neill without stolen bases. <laughs> changes come take a walk. Uh, I, you know what? I don't, I don't think so. I'm not going to put him top, top 10 first baseman. Yeah. I, I'm not either that there are a little, little bit of the Tyler O'Neill lessons in here in terms of the big swing and miss, some pop. He's underrated in terms of sprint speed. He's a 75th percentile guy, actually, which I'm kind of surprised by. But there just isn't enough plate discipline. Uh, so, like, next year, like, here are some of the guys behind, like Josh Bell versus Mountcastle. I guess they're kind of close in the player radar. We know what Josh Bell is at this point, whoever he, he ends up playing for. 25 homer guy batting 260. If that's all Mountcastle is, then who would you rather have? Mountcastle has the upside, I guess. Yeah, Bell, I think, is going to be right back where he was. I probably would, I'd probably still go Josh Bell. I I don't know. I'm. But Mountcastle is actually a good bit ahead of him right now. I guess it's because of the stolen bases, but that doesn't seem fair. It's four to zero? Hmm. Batting average. There's some batting average. Jared Walsh versus Mountcastle. That's a fair fight. Um, yeah, Crone Crone probably won't be back in Colorado. Hot Reese Hoskins, Jesus Aguilar. I mean, you know what you're getting out of those this, guys. Rizzo, Rizzo versus Mountcastle could be. Yeah, Rizzo versus Mountcastle is a real good one. Mountcastle, by the way, the criticisms are 261 batting average, 242 expected. He's got a sub 40 percent hard hit rate, which is not that's nothing special for a guy who never. Well, who, yeah, but Rizzo's only batting 240 something. Rizzo's a what different is Rizzo story. anymore. I don't know what to make of Rizzo for next year. I can't say I'm that optimistic. You were optimistic a month ago. Right. I'd like where he's at right now, but for next year, we'll see where he's at. He's going to, he's going to end up being a little overrated because of name value. Yep. Okay. Next. I agree there. Last one comes from Dan. He wants to know what you're expecting from Freddie Peralta in 2022. Hopefully not a DL stint. Cause I mean, that's my only concern at this point is staying healthy shoulder, right? Yeah. 175 plus innings. I mean, Burns and and uh, and Woodruff are going to be top 10 starting pitchers in our rankings. Peralta probably won't be because we're going to be a little bit worried that he's going to miss some time and he's not a 175 inning pitcher, right? Is that a fair assessment? But I, we we could still rank Peralta 15th among starting pitchers. We could, yes, and I think we will. If you look at the year over year numbers, we were at 139 and a third. Nope, I'm sorry, 141 and a third in 2018. 2019 was 96 and two thirds, 29 and a third in 2020. And then we've got the 133 now. I think 175. You threw that number. I'm I'm on board with that. So lower innings than, than we like out of our top 20 starting pitchers, but elite performance in those innings. He. He could well be to next year what Corbin Burns' own teammate was to this year. 
That's hmm. I feel a little like that about Peralta. Okay, I I see the point there. I see that point. So like, and, okay, and yeah. he could no, he could and he could soar similar. That's 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 sort of the point. So like Lance Lynn, I think we have to put over Peralta because there'll be more innings, more chances yeah. for wins, still a lot of strikeouts. But like some of the other guys who aren't as are great aren't great in the Arain whip anymore. Like Jose Barrios, um, Charlie Morton. Um, you know, I, I think, think I would take Peralta Musgrove. I'd take Peralta over those guys. I yeah, I'd take him over all those two. I do like I still like Jose Barrios a good amount, but I like but him and I think I Barrios will be I think Barrios is gonna end up like in the eighteen to twenty two range among starting pitchers in the draft and ranking. That's about right. Yeah. Which is still and really Peralta- good. Peralta's like 15, 17, I think. And he might yeah. be higher than that. We'll, we'll see. I think the key for fantasy managers, especially after you get out of that top tier, is going to be deciding what's more important, going for the volume or going for the elite individual inning. There you go. Can't argue with that. We got trivia here. Six guys with 100 runs scored this year. Three play for Toronto. Three do not. Give me the three that do not play for the Blue Jays. Tristan, you're up first. What do you got for me? No, no, give give your give your little speech give, here about how you're not give, rooting for me. That has to come first. I'm rooting against yeah. Eric. Okay, we'll we'll hedge it. I'm rooting against Eric Carabell. I hope Tristan sweeps all three of these and Eric just stays quiet in this corner over there. Come on, Tristan. Give give Eric yes, it, I, I'm pretty sure I know I know I know two of these. I'm well, fine. Sure. Eric knows the trivia every week. So this is your time to shine. Give me Fred, two of them. Freddie Freeman is definitely one of them. Freeman ranks third behind Vlad and Bo. Okay. Who are the other two? Oh, I'm guessing all. I'm guessing all three. I, I've yeah. been banished to the corner. Baby, I, in the yes, corner. Go I'm, ahead. I'm, Eric's turned around, head in the corner. He can't even. He can't talk. I'm pretty you sure get all three though. All right. I'm pretty sure <laughs> because of volume. Love the guy and the team that Raphael Devers is one of them. Oh no, we have a miss. Really? <laughs> we have a miss. Uh... Devers ranks 14th. He scored 90 runs. Raphael Devers is 90 runs. Wow. Okay. Wow. Eric dropping bombs here. You better be pretty confident, Eric. Okay, Tristan, you get one more guess, and then we're going to Eric for hopefully the number. All right. Then I'm I'm using your all time favorite. You've put Jose Altuve on all these. And Altuve is there. Okay. So So I don't know the third guy. That's tough. Third guy. I I am so confident Eric knows this. I have two guesses. Oh, boy. I hope you're both wrong. They're both right fielders. And one of them, I'm pretty sure, because then we've been ex guest. <laughs> a guy we both hold dearly. <laughs> I don't think Kyle would ask the question if I don't Soto either. was the answer. Oh, that's So it's got to be the other one. Yeah. The, and the, I have one, the reason why I know, no, the reason it's not Harper. I'm sure of that because he only knocks himself in. Yeah. I think because I have this home. guy, I have this guy on our sim team, and I'm very excited about next year because of volume. He's like top 10 in PAs after missing all that time last year. And by the way, he missed time because he got hit in the groin by a baseball, and we were like, oh, my goodness. And we all thought this guy was brittle, and he's not brittle anymore. It has to be Mitch Hanniger. Mitchie Hanniger, 100 runs on the nose. He's six. Juan Soto was seven, so you're right there as always. Take that, Kyle. Yeah, you know. I'll get you one of these times. I'm going to give you football trivia next week, and you won't see it coming. Maybe basketball trivia. Uh, I like that. I'm getting ready for hoops. I already wrote up my do not draft list. <laughs> Guess who's on it, Kyle? I Let's have Chaniger on that one team and didn't even think of that. Damn Look, good. The volume. It's Because nice I'm surprised by the volume that Mitch Hanniker is delivering. And, and yeah. that sim team of mine also has Jay Cronenworth and Matt Chapman, and they both got hurt recently. And I'm going to miss out on their volume next year. They're both under 140 games now, and I'm not pleased about that. Nobody cares. Listen, actually, and maybe somebody on the in our assembly you listens know, to this show. You know, you know, to Kyle's point on this question, though, the volume really has driven the runs column. And if you look at those Toronto ones, 145, 143, and 146 games, that top five of the lineup, what a Toronto's year. A, we should note the Toronto guys are Vlad, Bo, and Semyon. And Semyon, yeah. Right. And and then, you know, some other guys like Tatis has just missed too much time to be on the list. Otani, nobody drives him in. Trey Turner, you know, surprisingly – not 100 runs. He I missed some time. That's the, missed the like uncertainty in the one and two with Washington. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, like I think and, Mitch Hanniger last I looked was definitely top 10 in plate appearances. And that's what drives the run scored, which is really important. Now, Mitch Hanniger next he, year, we're not going to rank him as a top 20 outfitter, I assume. We shouldn't. He's eighth. We've mentioned almost every single name that's in the top 10. Oh, no, Merrifield top never eight. misses a game. Whit Merrifield is second. Semyon is first, then Whit Merrifield. Vlad, DJ LeMahieu, we mentioned Freddie. Tommy Edmund has to be up there. 
Tommy Edmond is seven. That's who I was wondering if you'd remember. Because Shet- Tommy Edmond is not a good player. He just has 25 steals. Like, he, he doesn't get on base. St. Louis still bats him high up. Mm-hmm. But yeah. anyway, now we're just kind of wasting. I mean, but look, volume matters. Tommy Edmond's volume has and Hanniger's volume has mattered. And good for Hanniger because everybody thought he was brittle and he, maybe he's not anymore. By the way, a couple of the guys outside of that, right out of the top 10, J.P. Crawford is 11th in plate appearances. So Seattle's offense has been a little better than you thought with that in terms They're of- They're one-two hitters over. all year have never missed a game. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Seager's in that group. And two Detroit guys, 15-17. You know them. I know you know them. Well, I I would have guessed Johnny Scope. Robbie Grossman has 23 yes. home runs and like 20 steals. 15. And he, a lot of walks. 15 for Grossman, 17. Well, tied for 16th with Seager is Jonathan Scope. And I that's mean, a if, bad if offense had, that doesn't turn over. If you would ask me, like, PAs, like, obviously, Connor Falefa plays every day for Texas. Cedric Mullins plays every day. David Fletcher plays every day. Sal Perez has missed what, two games? He's 21st in baseball in plate appearances. 144 games. When's the last time a catcher finished in the top 20 in plate appearances? Did Johnny Bench ever do it? Like, I'm just wondering, like, that's, you know, Kyle, there's a trivia for you. Then I'd, I'd be guessing Jason Kendall. <laughs> Russell Martin. I mean, I'm trying to think of catchers who never miss time. But, like, yeah. what Sal Perez is doing is pretty historic. In a normal season, if Kansas City was a contender, Sal Perez would get a lot of MVP love. Yeah. Sal Perez is two games off the major league leading games played. And he's, he's, he's one home run behind the record for a catcher. Johnny Bench had 45. Yeah. yeah. For a primary, for a primary catch. There's no Atlanta update because I think Swanson and Albies have stopped hitting, but they're not going to get all four infielders to 30 home runs. It doesn't look like, right? I mean, I think Albies is like 25. So Albies is 28. Oh, he's at 28. So who's missing? Swanson's at like 28. Swanson's at 26, but he's stopped hitting. But you know, we'll see. I kind of like to see that four four infielders hitting 30 home runs, playing enough to hit 30 home runs. That's hard to do. Never been done before. All right. They're all very good. And they're all very good. That's it for today's show. Hopefully it was good for you. We're done. Thank you so much for listening. Please listen to our friends at the Fantasy Focus Football and also to Baseball Today, Buster's show as well. They talk about a lot of important issues on that show as well. And Davey's on there once in a while, and we like Davey. That's it. Have a great and awesome weekend. Enjoy your college football and your pro football and Major League Baseball still has a few more weekends for Tristan and Kyle. I am Eric. Frank Schwindel is awesome. Fantasy Focus Baseball presented by LinkedIn Jobs. Have an awesome weekend.